words are powerful to end the enemy's attacks, but not just any old words drive off the devil. I'll show you the three specific kinds of words that shudder him in fear. This is the Shut Up Devil Show, and I am Kyle Winkler, here to shut down the enemy's lies in your life, and I do it live on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central at kylewinkler.org live. If you can't catch me live, then catch me on the Shut Up Devil Show podcast. It's on all your favorite podcast platforms, and I know that a good number of you already tune in there. And hey, quick shout out to Chantel. She's a Shut Up Devil app user who just wrote to me. She said, thank you for your app. I love it. I'm reading it this morning, and I looked twice at the same scriptures that I've been meditating on for quite a long time, because today I finally understood it. Glory to God due to the use of your amazing app. Thank you, Chantel, for sharing that. You know, whether it's the Shut Up Devil app or this Shut Up Devil show or the Shut Up Devil book or one of my other resources, I always pray that people find God's Word to be accessible and applicable through them. And I work hard to make that happen, so it's great to hear testimonies like Chantel's that it is happening and what a difference it's making in people's lives. If you have a story that you'd like to share about how the ministry is helping you, please, I'd love to know. I read them all, and I might read them on the air here. And you can let us know by contacting us at kylewinkler.org or on social media. And if you'd like to help make more stories happen, it's your support that does it. You may give a tax-deductible donation at any time at kylewinkler.org donate. And on that page, you'll find out more about the gift that you get for your donation of any amount. Also, big announcement here. Those of you who've been tuning in regularly, you know that my next book is coming out, and it's coming out in April. Well, I finally have a sneak peek of the cover here for you. There it is. It's titled, Permission to be Imperfect, How to Strive Less, Stress Less, Sin Less. And I also just got some exciting news regarding it. Publishers Weekly, they reviewed it, and they called it a breath of fresh air. Permission to be Imperfect releases in stores everywhere on April 9th. Okay. If you tuned in to last week's message, you'll remember that I mentioned what I call the mind and mouth connection. God designed these two body parts to have a unique partnership to make up a powerful force with some incredible benefits for your life. First, your words can be used to physically reprogram your brain from doubt to trust, gloom to joy, hopelessness to hopefulness, negativity to positivity. Part of the renewal of the mind that the Bible says is key to transformation into all that God has for you. Certainly helps out the renewal of the mind, that's for sure, using your words. Your words also have the power to stop your thoughts. Sometimes I take people through an exercise. I think I started one of my chapters in the Shut Up Devil book with this exercise where you count backward and then in the middle of counting backward, you say your name. You can't do both. When you count backward in your head and you say your name, you can't do both. 
So literally, when you say a word, it interrupts your thoughts. That's the point of the exercise. And it's powerful for when fearful or regretful thoughts from something in the past comes up. But it's also powerful for when the enemy whispers in your mind to try to get you to do something or give something up. You know, that was the basis of the devil's first attack on Jesus in the wilderness. In Matthew 3, just as Jesus was baptized by his cousin John, the voice of God declared his identity. God said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. A pretty powerful word, I'd say. Well, immediately after that, to prepare to begin his ministry, Jesus went out to the wilderness where he fasted for 40 days. And at the end of it, he was undoubtedly famished and exhausted, as you can imagine. And that's when Jesus was faced with what's known as his first temptation by the devil. There's so much we can get from this story. Every time I look into it, I get more out of it. But I don't think it's any coincidence that Jesus was tempted in the moment of his exhaustion. That's what the devil does. He waits for us to be weak. I also don't think it's any coincidence that Jesus was tempted right before he was about to launch his ministry. That's what the devil does too. He attacks to try to thwart some next step in our lives. In fact, I often say that spiritual warfare should be our first heads up that something great is about to happen. But I also don't think that it's coincidence that the three times in the story that the devil tempted Jesus he began by putting doubt into his mind about who God declared him to be. Now, I'm not going to go through each temptation. Read it for yourself in Matthew 4. But God had just declared Jesus to be his son. Then the first words out of the devil's mouth, the temptations all start with, if you are the son of God, then do this or that. If you are the son of God. You see, the devil began his attack against Jesus by undermining who Jesus really is. And he does the same with us. He tries to get you to give up who you are. Well, Jesus used his words to resist the devil in the moment, and we can do the same. And as we saw in the previous message about the power of a blessing, God designed words to help establish things in us. When you partner God's words with your mouth, it helps to establish what God says into you, both in a physical and a spiritual way. But back to Jesus and his temptation. Most of you are very familiar with the story. It's preached a lot, so I know I'm not breaking any news to you here. But Jesus didn't think the devil away. Thinking is great for your mind renewal, but it doesn't really do anything to the enemy. Jesus didn't think the devil away. He spoke the devil away. Jesus used words to drive away the devil. And that's the power of words I want to focus on in this message. Words are a mighty force to shut up and shut down the enemy in your life. And specifically, there are three kinds that you need to know to do that. And we're going to get into those in just a few minutes. But before I get there, I have to quickly address a question that I sometimes get on this topic. Because some people say, you can't say anything to the devil. I've had people call me a false teacher over this because I say, shut up, devil. 
Well, the idea that some people have that you shouldn't talk to the devil comes mostly from an interpretation of Jude 1.9, which says, But even Michael, one of the mightiest of the angels, did not dare accuse the devil of blasphemy, but simply said, The Lord rebuke you. And it goes on and it says this was taking place when Michael was arguing with the devil about Moses' body. Well, the first obvious thing to note is that the scripture says that Michael was arguing with the devil. So obviously he was saying something. But people get hung up on the part that Michael didn't dare rebuke him. And for those of you who aren't real familiar with the word rebuke, it simply means to reprimand or tell him to stop. So the argument goes, if the angel didn't even rebuke Satan, we can't either. And here's my simple response to that. First, an angel is a ministering spirit. They are God's messengers. Like us, they don't have authority on their own. Any authority they have comes from God. So in this case, the angel said, the Lord rebuke you. That in and of itself is a rebuke. He did speak to him. The angel was invoking God's authority. And as you're going to see in a few minutes, when I get into the three words that repel the devil, I never advocate that we can get the devil to do anything with our own words, really. When I say shut up devil, I'm invoking another power, which again, we'll get into a few minutes, ultimately to say, the Lord rebuke you. But secondly, this is an angel speaking. And you know, angels certainly enjoy some benefits that we don't. I mean, the ability to transport from here to there in an instant and to appear and disappear and to take various forms, it seems. That's some pretty cool stuff I'd like to have. But there are some things that we have that angels don't. And the biggest one is that we as Christians contain God's Holy Spirit. The Bible says that when you said yes to Jesus, the Spirit came to live inside of you. The authority of God is inside of you. And with that authority, His authority, again, not our own, with God's authority, look at Luke 10, 19. Look what Jesus said to His disciples. He said, look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. I'm not going to belabor this point much more, but I think you who are tuned in are smart enough to realize that authority over all the power of the enemy includes using words to send him packing. I don't think that we need to obsess about talking with the enemy. He doesn't really deserve much time, but there are moments when it is good to say, Shut up, devil, in one way or another. Okay. So what are these words that repel the devil? As I said, there are three kinds, which are each effective at dealing with a particular kind of attack from the devil. Scripture shows us that Satan basically does three kinds of things in our lives. The Bible calls him the accuser. So accusations are one of his kinds of attack. The name devil in Greek is diabolos, which means slanderer. So slandering is another one of his kinds of attack. And the name Satan in Hebrew is Satan, which means adversary or opposer. And that's his role of tempter and doing things that often attack you physically. So accuser, slanderer, and opposer. And God has given us three kinds of words to speak in the midst of each of those kinds of attacks. And we're going to start with how to deal with shutting up 
the enemy's accusations. You know what an accusation is, right? It's an allegation, it's a claim, it's a charge that says, look what you've done, you are guilty. When you're reminded of a sin, when you're made to feel bad for something you've done, maybe it's not even a sin, it could be something as simple as guilt for eating a dessert or taking a nap. When you feel bad for something, that's part of an accusation. Of course, there are certain things the devil really loves to use. Sexual sins, for example, can be especially condemning. But I'm sure that there's at least one person who's watching right now that just before you logged on to this, you were hit with something that made you believe that you were some kind of a criminal. Whatever it was, that's an accusation attack. Revelation 12, 10 through 11, tells us how we are to respond to shut up the devil's accusations. It says, for the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth, and they have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And really, that's describing a single kind of word. It's the testimony of what the blood of Jesus has done in your life. It forgave you. It cleansed you. It healed you. It made you new. It made you right with God. The blood of Jesus completely takes the substance out of any accusation. If you've read my book, Silent Satan, that's really what the entire book is all about. It goes through my story, which some of you have heard. But when I was just barely a month into launching my own ministry, I was severely attacked in my mind. You'll remember from Jesus' story that the timing of launching something and being attacked is no coincidence. The devil loves to do that. Well, I was severely attacked in my mind with reminders of my every sin since body training. I heard, look what you've done. God can't use you. Shut it all down. And I'm not going to retell that entire story, but what made the attack so effective on me and what makes these kinds of accusation attacks so effective on you is that an accusation is often based on truth. You know, the devil does tell the truth just with sinister intentions. In my case, he brought up things that really did happen to prove my guilt, to prove why I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing. And if things in my past or things in your past are the only part of the equation in your life, then sure, you are guilty because you probably did those things. But thankfully, if you're a Christian, that's not the only part of the equation. There's another part of your equation that completely cancels out all the others, and it's Jesus. But the devil doesn't want you to know that. Ever realize how in this world, and even in the church world, Satan is always trying to minimize the effect of Jesus. He's always trying to get us to forget about the radical, sin-forgiving, punishment-taking, judgment-ending power of Jesus' blood shed for you and me on the cross. And my story goes, in the midst of those accusations, God brought me to a very vivid and fresh revelation of what Jesus' finished work meant for me. Well, if you talk about something that says the Lord rebuke you to the devil, there's nothing 
greater that shuts up Satan's accusations than speaking out your testimony of what Jesus' blood means for you. In my case, at the beginning of this ministry, I had to make a definitive declaration. And I'll never forget it in my living room that day. I mean, I wrote down the list of accusations that were hanging over my head, all the reasons why the enemy was telling me I shouldn't, couldn't, wouldn't. And when I got that fresh revelation of Jesus as the Lamb of God who took upon my sin, I ripped up that record of wrongs and I declared 2 Corinthians 5.17, or 2 Corinthians 5.21 rather, he who knew no sin took on my sin, so I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because of Jesus' blood, I don't care what things you actually did in your past. I don't care how much of a collection of evidence Satan has against you. If you've said yes to Jesus, it's all been thrown out by the righteous judge because the evidence has gone missing. Satan can only bring it up, but he can't provide the proof because Jesus killed it. Jesus killed the proof of your guilt on the cross and he buried it with him. He took it to the grave and he left it there. He didn't resurrect with your record of wrongs. So hear this, because of Jesus's blood, God's verdict in your case is forever not guilty. Come on, somebody, somebody listening right now really needs to grab this and say, the blood of Jesus is against you, devil. And because of it, I'm not guilty, but I'm guilt-free. Okay, the second of the devil's attacks is slander. Slander is the act of making a false statement to destroy your reputation. This is how the devil lies. He'll use that accusation about you, which again, may be based on truth, to tell you a lie about what it means about you. He'll say, oh, you did this back then. This is what that means about who you are or what you are today. You were abused back then. You're always going to be a victim. You got divorced back then. Nobody's ever going to desire you. Your children got in trouble. You're a bad parent. And the list goes on and on and on with this slander. The only way to counter this kind of attack is with the Word of God. No self-talk, pep talk, or New Age word salad is going to do it. Only God's Word is the power to define you with truth because it is truth itself. I preach on 2 Corinthians 10.5 all the time. Some of you regulars can probably quote it with me. But it's the basis of what I'm teaching you on this point. The Apostle Paul said that we capture rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And in context, he was talking about false teachers that were trying to say that they needed something more than Jesus, really. Well, a rebellious thought today is something that undermines what the cross means for your life. Something that undermines what Jesus' finished work means about you. The only way to counter a thought like that is to tell that thought, to tell that voice in your head, to tell that slander of Satan, tell it the truth. When you hear, you're a bad person and you always will be, you've got to talk back. You've got to teach it the truth. No, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, old things have passed away, all things are made new in my life. When you hear that things in your life aren't redeemable, You've got to counter that lie with truth. 
No, Romans 8, 28, I know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And why not add Lamentations 3, 22 in there? God's mercies are new every morning. And why not add Isaiah 61, 3, God makes beauty out of ashes. I like to summarize the whole New Testament with God is good and I am good with God. That's the gospel. Come on, are you getting the point here? I mean, this is so much the thrust of this ministry that God has given me. When you hear anything that tries to tell you who you are or who you aren't that doesn't line up with what the cross did, then you have to open your mouth and use the power of God's word against it to not only know, to not only let the devil know to save his breath, because you know better than what he's mouthing, but also to renew your mind. It's as I always say, knowing who you are in Christ keeps Satan's silence in your life. Part of the way it does it, I think, is that the enemy flees when he knows that his words are falling on deaf ears. But another part is that it makes your ears deaf to his words, so that even if he does continue to talk, his words don't get into you to influences you. It shuts you down to his access. Last one. The last kind of attack from the devil's role is as adversary. These kind of attacks are often the ones that affect the physical part of you. Maybe there's something that happens in the physical world. It could look like a sickness. It could be something in real life that's an obstacle in the way of something God's asked you to do or what he's promised you. It could be a sudden onslaught of confusion or disagreement with people. You know, Paul said that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities, spiritual forces of evil in high places. A lot of the people problems we have really aren't the people themselves, but a spirit influencing them to try to oppose you. Now, I don't suggest you say, shut up devil to them. Probably is not going to go well, but it probably is an enemy behind the scenes working through them. Well, it doesn't matter how the devil opposes. There's a particular word that is certain to get the enemy fleeing. And really, it's not even a word. I don't want to minimize it to just a word. It's a name. It's the name above all names. It's Jesus. Some years ago, I was really dealing with some warfare stuff. Like early on, I think even before I launched out into ministry. Just some things in life that wouldn't let up for a time. And I was kind of complaining to God saying, what's it going to take? I've prayed every prayer. I've fasted. I've done all the spiritual solutions. And God said, just depend on Jesus. Just say Jesus. Jesus' name contains more power. His presence in a situation is more powerful than any string of words that you or I could put together. In Colossians 9, it says, For in Christ is all the fullness of God in a human body. So get this. We know God is provider. We know he's deliverer. We know he's healer. I mean, those are just three things. They're all kinds of great things that God is. Well, all of those characteristics of God 
are inside the person of Jesus. He's the fullness of God. Which is why in Philippians, the Bible says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Everything. I think that's more than people. I think that's every named thing should bow. When you speak Jesus over a situation, over yourself, or at the enemy, you are introducing the fullness of God, every character of God to that situation. And you know, that's what people believed in Bible times. Now, this is interesting. The culture that the Bible was written in had a particular belief that when you invoke the name of a deity, you actually brought their presence into the situation. This is why Jesus said to his disciples, in my name, you will cast out demons and you will heal the sick. This is why we end our prayers in Jesus' name. Because the belief is that declaring in Jesus' name actually brings his presence into the situation, which brings the fullness of God into it. I mean, we know that as Christians, God is with us. So he's already present in us. But in a sense, by saying or praying in Jesus' name, you are bringing his presence out and into whatever situation you're speaking. This means that when you declare the name of Jesus, you are bringing the healer into the situation. When you declare the name of Jesus, you are bringing the deliverer into the situation. When you declare the name of Jesus, you are bringing the provider into the situation. The fullness of God enters the scene as soon as you speak that name above all names. Darkness cannot stand in God's presence. The devil flees at it. And really, look all throughout the New Testament. Any legitimate case that the devil was behind or one of his demons, they always fled when a Christian declared the name of Jesus. Always. So if you need to drive out the adversary from an area of your life, declare in Jesus' name, go. And it's really that simple. You don't need to do a bunch of spiritual jumping jacks. It's the power of God, the power of God's presence, made manifest by the name of Jesus, which repels the devil, not any of your willpower or physical power. Okay. Shut up the devil's accusations with reminders about Jesus' blood. Silence Satan's slander with declarations from God's word about who you are and who God is. God is good and I am good with God. Drive out the devil himself with Jesus, the name above all names. In each case, you're simply using your mouth as the instrument to say, the Lord rebuke you. Or in other words, shut up, devil. Now, speaking of words, I have more help for you on this topic through my series, Win With Words, How to Make Your Mouth Work For You, Not Against You. In this four-part audio series, I explore how to strategically use your words to build your confidence and courage to win in spiritual warfare and to see transformation in your life and the lives of others. This series includes four messages, the mind-to-mouth connection, you are what you speak, curse words, and this message right here, 
three words that repel the devil. You can get this series today on four MP3s at kylewinkler.org slash winwithwords. That's kylewinkler.org slash winwithwords. Okay, that does it for the Shut Up Devil Show. Remember, God is good and he is for you, and we're here for you too. Every week on my website at kylewinkler.org on our podcast and wherever you get social media. And don't forget, wherever you're watching or listening, to tap that subscribe or follow button so that you never miss a show. And I'll see you next time.